Wave man. I got five lifestyles, you can pick one. I got four lifetimes, you can live one. I got three green lights in my hot beam sight. I'm a ride only if you bring a kick drum. Yo, I got two nights left in this town now. There's only one crown left, best bow down. I got homies in the south and the west side. Welcome to the Behavioral Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Walter Louis. Alongside me is my co-host, Eric Greer. Today's guest is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt under Dave Camarillo within the Guerrilla Jiu-Jitsu system, Academy owner of Guerrilla Jiu-Jitsu Turlock, and my very first Jiu-Jitsu professor. Please welcome my very good friend, Alex Perez. How you doing today, bro? How's it going, bro? How's it going? Good to meet you. Nice to meet you, man. It's a newly minted blue belt. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah man. man. Thank you. My gumbies? Yep. Yep. Oh, nice, man. Tell myself what's up. We'll oh, do, man. Yeah. We'll do. We'll definitely, uh, definitely let him know. I was, I was talking to him because we were, uh, we had coffee with him. We we're talking to him about uh, all the old matches that he keeps putting up. Oh, I know. That's pretty cool. I didn't even know he had those, man. Yeah, he, he said he has like hours of tapes, man. He has like a ton of tape from back in the day. Oh, I'm sure he does. That's what's up. <laughs> oh man, how you been, dude? Been good. Just you know, teaching, training. I hear you. Um, you know, same old, same old. <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. Good stuff. Um, cool, man. If you could um, just give us like a like an intro and just let us know about um, what guerrilla jujitsu is. Yeah, well, my name's Alex Perez. Uh, most people uh, from Halfs and from the old days, they know me as a patriot. But uh, <laughs> I started training in uh, in 2000 uh, under Dave Camarillo uh, when he was at Halfs. Um, I've been training with Dave ever since. And basically, guerrilla jiu-jitsu is uh, almost like the beginning version of jiu-jitsu when it was still tied to judo, mm-hmm. where we emphasize a lot of wrestling and, and judo mixed in with the jiu-jitsu. Uh, so, you know, before, you know, jiu-jitsu kind of broke away from judo in the, in the early days. So I, I think Dave kind of brought that back into the guerrilla style. For sure. For sure, that's awesome, man. I know you. I know that you guys do a lot of like uh, guerrilla combatives and stuff, in addition to like yeah. the judo oh, and yeah. stuff like that. Um, yeah, our, our blue belts are required to uh, pass a, a combatives test. That's what's up. Where they have to uh, know how to defend themselves on their feet with gloves on, um, and take someone down from standing position, also from the mount uh, with strikes, and from guard bottom with strikes. Oh, that's awesome. Pretty cool. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. How, how do you think that uh, that incorporation of, of just the striking aspect really affects like jujitsu game? Because I know at least with Gumby, we're as of right now, we're only just doing just strictly jujitsu, but we haven't done striking yet. But um, I know that's that's kind of where he wants to take it to the self-defense point of it. Yeah, um, like going back to house, I remember when I would go to house like two, three times a week. Uh, back when I was like white blue belt, um, we would randomly, he would just randomly say, like, we're going to do open hand slaps. Oh, man. Class, whether it was no gi or gi. And then, you know, so nice. we, we've been, you know, we, we've been doing this from like from the beginning, um, but definitely does change your game. For sure. Uh, you can't be, you know, be lazy on bottom when there's strikes involved uh, because, then you're, you know, you have to break posture uh control the space so you don't take any damage uh you know when you're doing regular sport jujitsu you don't have to do that necessarily you can hang out and take for sure. 
you don't really have to break the guy's posture if you don't if you don't want to. Um, and it adds another variable of stress. You know, totally. getting punched or the fear of getting punched definitely uh, changes uh, your game and how you're processing your jujitsu. You know, when that's going on. For sure. Now to get back to um, kind of how you said you guys do sort of that combative thing. Each blue belt has to go through that same process. Yeah. Um, is that specific just to your gym? Um, I'm sure there's other gyms that do it, but there's not many. Uh, I know if you look at the, like uh, the, the more traditional gyms that, that still have the self-defense or the combatives aspect to it, like uh, Valente Brothers or like the Gracie Academy. Um, I know they focus a lot on, on the combatives part. Uh, but we, we just want to make sure, like in, in our philosophy, that that the our students are able to defend themselves outside the academy. Yeah. So, I mean, you know that when you're in the gym and you're training, everything's very controlled. It's a really safe environment. When you tap, people let go. Um, and there's no strikes and there's all, there's a lot of rules, you know. But when, you, when you're in the street, it's totally different. For sure. Uh, it's just we want our students to be comfortable striking on their feet and moving on their feet as well. Cause there's not, there's not a lot of uh, standing training in a lot of the jujitsu academies. Sure. So that, you know, that translates to people being very weak on their feet as far as, uh, you know, how their footwork and how they move and their balance uh, when they're, when they're standing. Sure. Now, do you think that at least from uh, the hero's perspective, uh, we do a lot of training starting from the ground as well. Um, do you think that's mainly a, uh, a safety precaution for the most part yeah yeah so I, I still do a lot of training on the ground like when i have you know if people are if i have students that are experienced prior to coming to the academy in wrestling or judo and they want to stand up they're welcome to stand you know they can if i have someone that's never done any sports before you know and jiu-jitsu is the first kind of sport they've ever done i'm not going to allow them to do full speed standing training yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Injured, and then they're not going to be able to enjoy training, you know. Yep. Right. So what I do is, you know, we do a lot of drills. Um, they're kind of like katas. They're like flows where you're getting into wrestling entries or judo entries, and you're slowly building uh, your strength from that standing position and your mobility and and being comfortable uh, so that you don't get injured. And so we slowly build the people up to where they can go full speed. And, you know, not everyone's going to go full speed. That's, you know, for just sure. kind of cater to, to the person. Yeah, everyone's different, for sure. Totally. Absolutely. So what what do you think is, I mean, obviously, given the current situation of things with self-defense being such a big, uh, you know, a big factor outside of the gym, obviously, um, how big do you find it to be as far as how we should educate um not necessarily just going straight to hey officers need to be educated how how essential do you think it is to uh educate the young the youth you know what i'm saying oh you're talking about just people in general as far as yeah as far as the self-defense goes as yeah. far as the jujitsu, how how much more emphasis do you think that should be placed do you think that there should be any more emphasis placed on that or um, I, th if I understand your question correctly, I think it, it's important. I think jujitsu culture and mm -hmm. martial arts culture is important 
uh, to instill, especially like in kids, you know, this will translate to situations that you'll find in the street. You know what I mean? Like people being less aggressive or, or just people being better mannered, not, you know, you know, creating violence, you know, outside the community. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the culture of martial arts definitely helps. Um, if the more prepared you are, uh, the less likely you're going to be in those situations. You're just going to brush it off. Absolutely. You know? Like, uh, I mean, I've, I've been in situations here and there and, and I, I never really, I understand the threat, but I never really feel threatened myself. So it's easier for me to walk away or, or to deescalate with, you know, verbally, because I know if something does go off, I know I can control the situation most likely and, you know, prevent that person from injuring me or prevent myself from injuring them because I know what I'm doing. Totally. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. What are your thoughts about uh, just jujitsu with law enforcement, given like all, all the, the crazy stuff that's happening in the world these days. And I, I know there's a lot of, there's a push to like want to get officers more trained, or I don't know if you've done any, any work with Turlock PD up there um, or, or like consulted or anything like that. Yeah. You know, I have a lot of LE at my gym and I think jujitsu is just another uh, training just like them going to the range and, and, you know, getting their shots in, uh, just like them doing, you know, psych training and how to talk to people when they're in those situations. I think jujitsu should be just as important as any, any one of those things. So, um, you know, I, I think, I think everyone knows that the law enforcement have very little training when it comes to anything, uh, like jujitsu or like, you know, you know, learning how to talk with people who are under, under emotional stress, sure. you know, um, they get very little of that. And a lot of that they're learning on the job as they go. And I think, you know, in some cases that, that can turn into some of those situations that you see um, mm. on video. Totally. Um, so I definitely think that it is important that they do get training in like a because again, it gives them confidence mm-hmm. to not go up to hiring the level of violence when they get in those situations. So yeah. if you don't know how to defend yourself and like say empty hand combat, you're going to immediately go to like the highest level of threat to protect For yourself. Sure. So sure. it makes sense to me, you know, them being in those situations, but it, it is important just like anything else. Totally. Absolutely. Can you tell us more about your, your early days at HALF and like your early days with like of training? What was that like? I mean, I'm sure I, I weren't, you weren't as, as cushy as we are now with our like air conditioned gyms and our like super nice like mats and everything. Um, what was it like training back then? Oh man, I have, I have so many cool memories going there. Um, I just remember I used to love going there because for me, it was kind of like the Mecca of Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> that's I mean? awesome yeah totally and back then it was it, this was all new to us you know uh the brazilian culture and having health there and kurt was there oh yeah there was a lot of good people there at that time um and the training was always hard and there was no like there was no like fixed time sure from what i remember like i mean like now we have like hour classes mm-hmm. back then it was like 90 minute class could turn into a three hour class, depending Man. on how long, you know, the instructor wants to train or, or if health comes in mid class and, and adds another hour to, to whatever <laughs> you're doing. Oh, you know what I mean? And, uh, there was a lot of, cal- uh, like body weight training. Oh yeah. It was like, you know, at least 30 to 45 minutes of like intense push-ups, sit-ups, Man. squats, a lot yeah. of partner drills, you know, it was just, it 
everyone was in shape there. First of all, everyone was like shredded. Everyone was <laughs> in shape. Everyone trained really hard. Yeah. There was no uh, no easy roles, and especially because we were from out of town, we we're from an affiliate school. Like we would go, oh, yeah. everyone would want to kill us every time, you know. <laughs> well, but I remember this cool story. Uh, I was training. I, I think I think I was a blue belt already, and I was training with Crispine, and it was Crispine just just got there, I think, because he was I didn't see him there before, and so he must have just gotten there from Brazil, and he was a brown belt at the time. I was a blue belt. He's a lot smaller than me, and we were training, we we're going at it, and I ended up getting him in like a full triangle locked in. Right? Oh, I was so excited to have this brown belt Brazilian <laughs> in a full triangle. I'm like, yeah. what happened? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, because of the hard training and all that, my calf started cramping, and I, oh, I, like, man. I screamed and I like I let go because my calf was like, yeah, yeah, my calf right. And Crispy didn't even care. He like ran around my legs. Oh, neon belly to me. <laughs> He was pissed. First of all, he was pissed that I had him in the triangle. He went oh, in the umbrella, and I think oh. I think he baseball bat choked me. And I, oh. I remember tapping, and he didn't let go, and he put me to sleep. Oh man! Oh. And so that that was like my first like real lesson of like, <laughs> oh, if man. I don't, you know, if I tap one of the higher belts, I'm gonna, you know, yeah. I'm gonna get it back. <laughs> <laughs> oh and man! One of the one of the memories I remember the most. That was pretty fun. That's awesome. I used to go there with my buddy Pete that used to train with me back in the day. We would drive up there, train, uh, hang out, go eat at this burrito place, <laughs> hang out in San Francisco, come back and do the evening class, and then we would go home. Oh, that's what's up. In the evening, but I used to love that training. Uh, I remember Life. there was, uh, I don't know if you guys remember uh, Luke Stewart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In, uh, Strike Force. Uh, I think he's like a tattoo artist. He was yeah. training. He was a blue belt. Um, who else was there? There's so many good guys there. Um, I mean, Crispin, uh, Crispin was there. Uh, Sapao Alejandro was there. Oh man, you know him. He was really good. So many good guys there, though. That's huge. That's crazy. Yeah, and to touch on what you're talking about with like like body weight training, how how important do you think that is to to jujitsu? Because I know there are some folks that are like, I don't need to weight train. I don't need to go to the gym because yeah. I do jujitsu. <laughs> and then there's those other folks that are like, no, nah, you probably should do some strength training and like. To supplement your game what were your thoughts on that yeah you know somebody was asking me this yesterday oh yeah they were asking me uh you know what's better yoga or weight training Man, like if, yeah. I had to pick, if i had to pick one which one would i do and he, you know his argument was you know yoga is kind of more in line with jujitsu yeah and i was like uh, you know i have a different opinion but i think strength training as far as um strengthening your body to prevent injury mm -hmm. is important for jujitsu totally um you don't have to be you know yoked yeah you know, <laughs> you're, you're huge like some of the guys that compete but i think it's important for injury prevention totally. keeping, you know your body strong um so I, I do a lot of that outside the gym but yeah i mean jujitsu by itself is good but if you want to if you want to compete uh, all the guys that compete, they're all dieting. Uh, all of them ha have strength training programs and they have very specific jujitsu programs that they follow mm. for the competitions. Mm. So if you want to get into that, I definitely would say recommend strength training. What do you think is the best supplemental workout? Um, I think, uh, so 
once you start doing jujitsu and you start getting to a, a level where you're pretty technical, it's really, it's kind of hard to push yourself and push your heart rate because you're so efficient when you're training. Sure. You know, so a lot of times I'll be all training. Most of the guys at my gym are not at my level. So I'm not necessarily training at my hardest as far as my heart rate goes, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe I'm not burning as many calories as I think I am. Um, so what I'll do is I'll some, some, some rounds, I'll, I'll pick it up and go at a higher pace purposely with a lot of movement to, you know, build my conditioning, sure. but I'll also do it outside the gym, um, with the aerodyne bike running, um, maybe doing like a Metcon workouts, you know, at the gym. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, as far as like, what I do specifically, I, I mix it up. I, I always, I change it. Sometimes I'll do workouts you know on the bar like those like those park workouts yeah you know, <laughs> nice. stuff like that sometimes i'll lift strength training i'll, I'll follow like uh uh pavel tatsula or something like that pavel he's like a kettlebell guy oh nice. okay he does the thing where it's like uh you do five reps five sets of 70 percent of your max and you do that consistently you know five six days a week where you're not burning yourself out, but you're kind of, he calls it greasing the groove. Mm-hmm. You know, it's steady training. You're not really getting, making yourself. So I, I, I never make myself sore from weight training to where mm-hmm. I can't train on the mat. For sure. Okay. If I good. lift weights too much and I'm too sore and I can't train the next day, it's too much. Okay. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. I mean, oh, I've never heard of that. I'll look him up. Yeah. I'll have to check him out for sure. I think that's um, a- yeah. another guy to look up too is, um, can't remember his name but his his system's called speed of sport and i'll do that too it's kind of like a lot of um agility training i think that's important too for jujitsu to supplement jujitsu training yeah we got the you know the off the mat there could be different types of training you know we could go to the gym we could do all these different things you know the kettlebell workouts how much um of an importance do you think like, the film room would play um being able to break down um your game how to elevate your game um how, how much of an importance do you think film plays in that um i, I think i th- i think once you get to like a certain level where you have a good understanding of jiu-jitsu i think uh studying tape and just researching stuff and it helps a lot as far as like bringing your game together things that you're missing Mm-hmm. So one of the things I like to do is if I'm working on a specific guard or a specific position, maybe I'm not doing something correctly. I'll go and study guys that do that position very well in competition. And then I'll, I'll kind of like not necessarily always watch instructionals, which I do a lot, mm-hmm. uh, but watch the matches and see how they do it in the match. Mm-hmm. And I just fill the gaps. You know, like recently I was just watching videos on uh, Yazdani, this uh, Iranian wrestler. Um, just kind of uh, getting new ideas of how to get in on single legs and, and finishing the single leg. Uh, but I think studying film is very important as far as your overall understanding of, of jiu-jitsu. It's just another tool. Definitely. How do you think your, uh, your, like, your background and like your, all your upbringing with health and like training back in the day, how do you think that, that impacts your like, teaching style now, now that you have your own academy um, you're running like classes, you got like kids classes, adult classes. Um, how do you think that influences your, how you teach them? 
Um, I, I want all my students to be have a certain level of toughness. For sure. You know what I That's mean? awesome. Yeah, um, definitely. So, you know, and like just my style. I mean, when I teach, I try to I try to teach, you know, and cater to everyone. But I also try to teach my philosophy in, in, in the way that I, you know, the way that I, I apply jujitsu. For sure. So, you know, I've heard like people come to my gym, like, you know, everyone here has like pressure. They have like that pressure. <laughs> they yeah. have their shoulders in their face and they're yeah. their face with their shoulder and they're smiling yeah. too. And so, you know, I mean, I like to develop, you know, just that certain level of toughness and having like a, a really good understanding of the fundamentals. For sure. Yeah. Making sure my students don't have, you know, gaps, you know, in their game. Definitely. Um, but pretty much just, you know, just making sure they understand the fundamentals and make sure they're tough. For sure. You know, for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. That definitely makes sense. And then in line with that, like, you think the way that you teach and the way your background and stuff influences the culture at, at your gym? Like it influences how like people are, the culture with people and how, how yeah. you know, they interact and everything. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, because I train all the time in my gym, I'm sparring with everyone, you know, for so, sure. you know, a lot, a lot of times I'm smashing them <laughs> you know, and I'm trying to, you know, make them tap their pressure and stuff like that. <laughs> so I hear, yeah. <laughs> you know, but just to, just so that they can feel it for me and they can, you know, get used to it for sure. You know, sure. And, have, and kind of raise the threshold of, of what they can take. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just want to make sure all my students have a good understanding of, of the fundamentals and, and making sure that they, they understand they have to work and be at a certain level before they get promoted. For sure. And I'm sure Gumby does this too. You know, oh, yeah. at house, it, it takes forever to get promoted there. <laughs> and not holding guys for like years and years, you know, yeah. four years and they're still a white belt, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know for sure. But, you know, we have a, we have a pretty high um, level before you know you get promoted definitely especially especially you know to blues i think blues very important it sets the tone for all the other belts definitely so definitely understand they, they know they have to work hard and and they trust in me uh they trust in my judgment as far as like you know when i think someone's a blue belt or you know something like that definitely definitely yeah no for sure i've, I've definitely been on the uh receiving end of your pressure that's that's for sure <laughs> I've told him about so many roles that I've had with you and like everything and all the pressure. Oh man, <laughs> it's real. That's yes, for sure. I definitely have heard of this. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I've, I've learned it because I've, I've had it done to me plenty of times. Yeah. Hey, that's what has to happen. You know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta be able to feel it in order to do it well. So that's yeah, finding out. There used to be this guy at, at house. He still trains at house. I think his name is big Dan. Oh yeah, and Callahan, I think. Okay. knows him. Okay, for sure. He used to like, and he was an older guy. He must have been like, I don't know, close to forty when I was at house. Oh wow! And uh, you know, I used to go there. You know, I'm super I'm pretty athletic. You know, back in the day, and I'm like six foot, like one eighty, and this old guy. <laughs> he was big though, but he used to just mount me and cross choke me all the time, smother me. Oh chest. man. <laughs> He used to put both his hands in my collar and like talk to me as he was slowly. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Oh, how you doing? Did I? Good. Oh. oh that's, that's where I got it from, man. 
for sure for sure man yeah that's that's what's up i mean like to, to this day like uh becca still drops that shoulder into my chin man we're, we're rolling she does the same stuff that you taught her man <laughs> oh man that's awesome hey you know you guys, you guys were talking about um you know being involved with health and um you know obviously that's that name gracie is it's a huge name in jiu-jitsu like duh right but outside of you know being with health all the time and training with health and learning um jiu-jitsu what is or whom maybe is the biggest figure in that you would model yourself after uh you know an influence of yours i guess it would be a better way to ask that Oh, de definitely Dave, because I've, I've been around him since I was 19, uh, and I'm 39 now, so we've been training together. He's been my sensei for, you know, the last 20 years. Um, just watching watching him grow from being, you know, uh, like, like a young man, and then now, you know, being into his 40s and watching the progression of not only his jiu-jitsu, but the way he teaches and just himself as a person. Um, so I'd say, you know, lucky to have a mentor like Dave. Because not only is he good at jiu-jitsu and he understands and he knows how to articulate it, he's very educated outside of jiu-jitsu. You know, and that also helps um, with him and, and the way he teaches uh, on the mat and, and off the mat. For sure. So I'd say, uh, I would say a lot of my success would be directly related to Dave um, and being under him, to be honest. Wow. Okay. Wow. Excellent. That's awesome. So in, in terms of like speaking about like the big, big people in, in jujitsu, who, who are like your, your top, I guess like top five grapplers you're watching right now. Um, well, of course everyone likes watching Gordon. <laughs> so do I. Yeah. No, he's uh he's he's probably right now probably my favorite guy to study. You know, probably like most people at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really like Shanji. He's one of my favorite guys. If you look at Shanji, he's been competing at the highest level since the two thousands. Mm -hmm. uh, so he's kind of went through like two different generations of, of jiu jitsu uh athletes. And he's done well. He's always on the podium. He's always For fighting sure. the best guys. And his jiu-jitsu is very simple. Yeah. Um, and when I say simple, it doesn't mean that it's like, uh, it's not, it's just, it's, it's kind of like old school jiu-jitsu, but he's, he's doing it to like guys that play a different style. For sure. For so, sure. You know, I like watching Shanji. Um, I like watching Lucas Lepre. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because I've seen him just his game is, you know, really precise. And I, I've seen him compete against younger guys that are heavier than him. Like I think and when he fought uh, Kanan and the Europeans, mm -hmm. he beat Kanan from Matos. I think Kanan's probably like three weight divisions heavier than him. For sure. Um, I've also seen him fight like Felipe Pena in the arena BJJ. Oh man. But that was a really good match if you go back and watch that match. So I like watching him because they're pretty super technical. I think he's probably the most underrated jiu-jitsu guy for sure. for sure probably the most technical outside of gordon That's uh, awesome. who else do i so gordon shanji 
Um, Lucas Lepre, I like Lovato a lot too. Nice. Um, uh, who else after that? That's probably it. <laughs> for sure. That's a solid list for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's awesome. They're all big names and they're all really super technical. I definitely agree there with, with, uh, with Shanji. I mean, I'm, I definitely see a lot of like, like fundamentals and very, like very, very strong fundamentals with him. And it's not like super crazy guards or anything like that, Yeah, but he gets results. That's for sure. Yeah. It's like a game. Everyone, everyone can play. Yep. Totally. Totally. I, mean, I, yeah. think, I think people watch, uh, like the best guys in the world and they want to, copy what they do but they forget it's like when you see guys in the nba or in the nfl these are like the 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 elite of the most elite mm -hmm. athletes in their sport mm -hmm. this would be really hard to replicate that yeah yeah you know what i mean yeah no that's for sure <laughs> i don't want to be low and go full speed for a 10 minute match you know for sure yeah yeah i definitely i definitely agree there i, I think his his style is really like relatable and it's really it's really yeah. easy to digest and break down for sure. Hodger too. Hodger too's. Oh yeah. Hodger's a great one. Guys. Yeah. I, I know Hodger preaches basics and he preaches like just the, the old school jujitsu. And he, he loves to talk about just like um, the, the ability of using that old school jujitsu to defeat newer styles and stuff like that. So that's awesome. Yeah. Hodger's yeah. He beat you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I saw that one. Yeah, that I, don't, I don't think he competed for like 10 years. Yeah. 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 He back and he beat, he finished them. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so, if you look back at that match, um, when he when he took Buchecha's back, yep. Uh, I think Buchecha tried to clear his feet first before he defended his neck. Yeah. And then Hodger grabbed both of his cars and it was done. Once yep. he had that, that was, that was game over. <laughs> game over, sure. Yeah. <laughs> also, shut all his takedowns. Uh, he shut his takedowns down with the with the basic judo stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. We talked a little while ago about um, you know certain things about you know when you're training guys that are doing competitions, most of them do weight training uh, outside of jujitsu. Um, when it comes to a tournament, what do you think is the most common mistake? Because um, I, I I remember my very first one here. Don't laugh the tournament <laughs> and i honestly i i think i ruined it based on my warm-up and what do you think is the most common mistake for someone going into a tournament to do when they're warming up like what do you think is is the most common thing that you just like dude what is that uh, either not warming up enough or warming up too much <laughs> <laughs> or just you know and just thinking about it just Thinking about overthinking, overthinking, yeah. Overthinking your match, you know. Yeah. Like when you're there warming up, it's already too late. You already, you know, put all the work in that you that you were supposed to put in, and you're just you're, all you got to do is warm up the body so you can go on the mat and perform. Yep. And one of the most one of the things people do most is they overthink. Overthink for sure. That's fair. fair. Yeah, I commit that crime all the time all the time yeah i, I mean I, I mean i do <laughs> i do too uh yeah. you know you overthink too much and then it's it's going to be hard for you to, to execute definitely commit, you know yeah for sure how do you think the uh jujitsu has like evolved from when you first started 
you think it's uh, aside from like all the all the fancy guards and, and the warm guards and all that all that stuff how do you think it's evolved um i think it's it's in some ways like less tribal mm-hmm. when i first started it was it was really tribal like you know you don't go train at other people's gyms totally. um, and they're like your enemies yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah uh so i think that's changed a lot for the better yeah um i think uh i think now uh it's it's become more professional Mm -hmm. Uh, the academies themselves have become more professional as far as how they run their gyms like a business Uh, i think back in the day it wasn't always like the nicest most friendliest places to go um you know now it's uh you know it's it's more of a family uh, environment for sure it's more welcoming um not to say that it, it, it takes away from 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 it but it is it's more welcoming now it's more professional mm-hmm. um i think people know um what's what's good jujitsu what's what's not good um uh and this the, the level is just higher as far for as sure. teaching and what people expect you know, you can't just show up like back in the day, you can't just show up and make up a lesson like, you know, in class when, you know, now sure. you're prepared, people have curriculums now. Yeah. They have curriculum blocks that they teach off of, you know, that's what we do um, at Gorilla. So, I mean, I'm always approaching the gym like a business, always studying, always researching, always um, trying to figure out ways how I can be a better instructor uh, and, and be better at jujitsu. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that's changed the most. I think it used to be more more club feel mm-hmm. back in the day. Mm-hmm. Now it's it's more professional, which I think is is better. Yeah. No. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. That actually leads me into uh, another question. Do you have any like advice or, or things like that for folks who want to start their own academy? Um, being that you've been academy owner for for a bit now, um, you kind of worked out the kinks and all that stuff, and you're you're doing well. Is there any like advice you would give or? Um, Anything to like keep an eye on or watch out for? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, train at a place that you like first mm-hmm. um, with an instructor that's going to, you know, uh, teach you uh, good jujitsu and it's going to kind of, is going to support you mm-hmm. uh, in that way. Um, you're like an apprentice. Yeah. If you're a white belt, you know, I was a white belt when I started at, at, the, at my gym and, the first day I started, I didn't want to do anything else. So I knew I wanted to be, you know, have this as a business or as a career. Yeah, for sure. I was, I was only a white belt. So, I mean, it doesn't matter what belt you are, you know, take it like you would any, anything else. Like if you're a carpenter, you go to a union, you're an apprentice, you learn from your instructor, the guy yep. above you. Yep. It's the same thing. Um, appreciate your instructors. Uh, take all the information in just like you would, like if you're going to university, you know, work your way up through the belts, mm-hmm. um, build your, your catalog of, of, of techniques of jujitsu, um, uh, ask to teach at your academy so you can start to, you know, get used to teaching in front of people, being responsible, being accountable for your classes, um, and ask questions. You know, I have people at my gym that want to open gyms, you know, and I always help them when they ask me, um, you know, hey, you know, if I want to open an academy, what should I do? You know, and the first thing I say is, is just keep training and build your catalog up. For sure. Get your experience in, 
get your time in, uh, teach so that you're comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause all the business stuff is, is easy. Yeah. You know, as far as getting a business license and stuff like that, that's all easy stuff. The hard part is just, you know, being consistent with your training and, and understanding it's like a, a long-term thing. Cause it's going to take you, you know, eight to 10 years to get your black belt. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, when you were making your way up through the ranks, were there mental hurdles? Like what, what made you keep going? Competitively or just in general? In general, yeah. I think you're always going to have those times where like you're not going to be as passionate about jujitsu mm-hmm. as you are in other times because you're doing it every single day. I never really had any mental blocks as far as like um, – me wanting a train or maybe not sure if I wanted to keep doing it or not. Okay. It would be more so um, if I did have any mental blocks, I had everything to do with like me putting all my time into jujitsu as a career and struggling with like, if this is going to work or not, cause you're, you're going down uh, an unconventional path. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I mean, I would struggle a lot with, you know, being in my late twenties or even being 30 and, and I, you know, I didn't really finish anything in college and all I've been doing is jujitsu this whole time and I'm not making any money. And so you're like, you know, you go back and forth between like, maybe I should just get a regular job and just train jujitsu on the side. But then, you know, you don't want to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Such a pickle. <laughs> there was just, you know, the pressures of the risk of opening an academy and not being sure that if it's going to work or not, but that, but that's just like anything else. Yep. Whatever you do, whatever career you pick, there's going to be other people there that are going to be competing with you. So nothing's going to be for sure. It's just, you know, might as well go and do something that you really like and you're not going to be um, regretting uh, doing it, even if you fail in the end, you know? So as far as, as far as training, I always loved training. I never had any trouble um, going to the gym or, or, you know, wanting to stop training at any time, but to people who feel like that, you're going to, you know, because you're competing, because usually you're usually in a competition against people in your own Academy, you don't really feel how good you're getting sometimes. And it could be frustrating. Like, man, I'm not getting any better. You know, I feel like I'm stagnant or, you know, I just got subbed by some guy that just came in recently and I've been here for a year and that's going to happen. Yeah, to be dominating people until you're a purple belt. You could be a blue belt, and it would be a strong guy that used to play football or a wrestler could come in, and in one month he could maybe could submit you with the kimura or something. You know, it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't get frustrated. It gets better. <laughs> you know what I mean? For sure. Um, just keep training. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Fair. Yeah, and uh, in in regards to to MMA and and just um, transitions from. MMA to from jujitsu to MMA. Um, are, are there any are there any fighters right now you're you're following that maybe are, are more jujitsu centric or um, or are there any ones that, that you kind of like their style? Um, I used to like watching uh, Maya fought, fight just mm-hmm. because I, I know he would use pure jujitsu in his mm-hmm. matches. I just mm-hmm. kind of wanted to see how how he would. Um, react in certain situations or how, how he would get to the sweet positions or how, how he would get on top or how he would finish. Mm-hmm. Um, but in UFC right now, um, I mean, Khabib 
maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as ground, the you know, somebody who's really good on the ground. Yeah. Watching how he takes people down, how he stays on top in dominant positions. Mm-hmm. Um, man, off the top of my head, I can't really think of anyone that's like that good on the ground as far as for sure jutsu goes you know for sure yeah yeah absolutely yeah that that leads me to my next question and just um how how important do you think jujitsu is in regards to to mma and like how important is it to have some good like core ground skills when it comes to mma because i see a lot of fighters um get taken down to the ground and there's not a whole lot of ground happening ground game happening it's either just kind of holding but it's not like a, a solid back take it's kind of like yeah so, little half-assed it's not it's not really there and you know they're crossing the legs if it's a back take or they're they're doing they're making common mistakes and things like that um how important do you think that is for for just mma fighters when they start out to just pick up a little bit of jiu-jitsu yeah i think if you want to be you have to know jiu-jitsu definitely i mean you see if you watched um the contender last night Mm -hmm. the girls got taken down and and she had no ground and got finished easily from the mouth yep and I, I think she was supposed to win. She was, mm-hmm. you know, the one that was supposed to get the contract. For sure. Um, but you can't do MMA without knowing jujitsu. Yeah. It's like you, you get because you get taken down one time and you get finished. Mm-hmm. You know, so jujitsu is one of those things that's like, uh, it's one of those things that you have to have. You cannot know jujitsu and and do well in MMA. It's just sure. impossible. For sure. You're gonna get taken down. Um, so it's, it's one of those, it's one of those things that you, you have to know. It's very yeah. important. You don't have to be super high level, but you have to have understanding of how to defend yourself in all the defensive positions, mounted, side control, back, you know, I mean, like I, I get frustrated watching fights. Sometimes I, I oh. see people get taken down and they don't even know how to prevent someone from mounting them when, when they're inside control. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And they get the guy slides the knee over and goes straight to mount. And then yeah. they don't know how to escape when they get to mount. You know, they're not even elbow escaping or breaking the posture or anything. Yeah. You know, or when they're on their back in the open guard and they don't have feet on the hips. Mm-hmm. They're getting smashed with, you know, with punches and they're not controlling the distance. It's it, sometimes it's like, man, how does this person even make it this far? Yeah. Uh, you know exactly most people that fight in ufc a lot of them don't really know how to do jujitsu to be honest Mm -hmm. you know yeah absolutely either either because the guy that takes them down jujitsu is not very good and and they don't know how to control Mm -hmm. from the top the bottom person gets out Mm -hmm. with with techniques that wouldn't work on a a blue belt or a purple belt right you know, definitely. a lot of it has to do with both people having a, a really low level of jujitsu and they're just kind of scrambling, not really controlling position. For sure. Like you see something like Khabib, it gets on top of you, you're not getting up. Yeah. You yeah. know, and then, you know, or like Damien, if Maya gets on top of you, you're not getting up. Yeah, for Certain sure. Guys that have really good level of ground, if they get on top of you, you're just, you know, you're going to get finished. Yeah, absolutely. What, uh, what basics do you think that at least like, like minimum minimum do you think that each each UFC fighter should have like in terms of grappling experience like do you think they should at least like know all the major positions like side side back mount um all those things or do you think like just just at least how to escape is good what do you think is that they that they probably need for sure they have to they should at least know how to escape for sure you know so you know if I get taken down I should understand one uh is how to get back to my feet definitely taken down 
you know what I mean? Um, controlling the posture once I get taken down. All, all of that starts, like, as the guy's taking you to the ground before you even, your back even touches the floor, you know? Um, you'll see a lot of guys get taken down and close the guard immediately. When you close the guard, you're basically – you're basically telling the top guy you're just going to stay on your back the whole rest of the round. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I would go feet, feet on the hips or I would go feet inside like a butterfly guard yep. and control the head like a collar tie and kick the guy out and stand in base or something, you know? Um, so I, I think understanding how to get up when you're on your, when you're on your back is important. Understanding how to control the posture uh, mitigating mitigating damage when you're on bottom which um you know like so for example if you're on your back and you have somebody standing over the top of you you should be going feet on the hips hips off the floor mm-hmm. to you know to have the length of your legs control the distance so the guy can't reach you with his fist and then you're just up kicking the guy in the mm-hmm. face yep. until he backs up right um and then if you're in side control side control is is totally different when you're doing MMA because if you have inside position when you're inside the guy's gonna sit up and punch you but you can go to your knees and and wrestle if that happens but um you know controlling the guy's head controlling the 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 bicep and holding the guy tight to you chest to chest Mm -hmm. maybe forcing a, a standing position for sure and crossing the inside leg over to create a barrier so the guy doesn't slide his knee over and mount you yes you know things like that you, that you, I never see people do when they get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when people are getting mounted, um, not escaping once the guy already cemented himself in the position, but as he's going them out, you should already have a wedge inside on his knee to get the leg out to go to half so you can get up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. uh, so, I mean, you should at least know how to escape the most basic positions. For sure. And, yeah. and MMA is a lot... To me, it's 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 more simple than if you were doing grappling. Grappling is way more, it's way more complex. It's way more like tit for tat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Especially absolutely. if you have the gi on, it's different. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that definitely makes sense. What do you fall back on? Like, what in your mind? What's your go-to? You know what I mean? Like, I'm having a rough, rough practice. Whatever. Okay, clear it what am I going to focus on? What is something that you fall back on? Well, so what I like to do, cause I'm super competitive. So a lot of times, you know, I have to like train myself not to get pissed, you know? In the world. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, so, cause I do, you know, and you know, I can't do that in the gym cause I'm the instructor, but right. it, you know, and there's guys at my gym that are good and, and, um, and there's days where I can't do anything to them nothing's working and maybe i've been working on this technique for like two weeks and it's not working and it's pissing me off um so whenever i'm not having a good day and things are not going my way i always go okay well you know today i'm just going to work on escapes in my defense Mm -hmm. and i i change my mindset and that usually helps you know um because people forget that that escapes and defending is also a skill set that you work on you know if I'm always worrying about, you know, submitting my partner or being offensive, you know, I'm going to neglect this other half of my game. That's, that's probably more important than, than being a good finisher. Totally. You know what I mean? So whenever I'm not having a good day, 
I just kind of flipped my mindset and, and told myself, okay, well, I guess today I'm working on defense and I'm working on surviving. I'm going to allow my teammate or my partner and give him, and allow him to work and develop, you know, allow, you know, I'm not, you know, cause if I get pissed and I start going balls to the wall, <laughs> you know, then I might, I might not incentivize that person to, to go hard on me. Right? Oh yeah, for Which sure. Me, you yeah. know, because they might, you know, get intimidated or they might be afraid to, offend me in some way or whatever yeah. you know so um I, I always do that whenever i feel like stuff's not going my way no, i follow you definitely makes sense Absolutely. i always try to find some kind of value and you know in the training oh for sure for sure find get something out of it get something out of it yeah yeah, yeah definitely well guys it's all the time that we have for today alex thanks for being our first episode man it was great talking to you I got five lifestyles, you can pick one I got four lifetimes, you can live one I got three green lights in my hot beam sight I'm a ride only if you bring a kick drum Yo, I got two nights left in this town now There's only one crown left, best bow down I got homies in the south and the west side Shit, let me find out I got you cause I got to, homie I'ma stop through Cop two at the store on the corner Roll both up but we smoke one with my homie on his lunch break Cause we cool with the owner Cause we got drum loops to the morning Sunroof got me feeling California Never homesick, got my Carolina cronies I go for the gold in the moment Homie I got a feeling I could be one of the illest Lord willing my villains won't come out for no appearance All us will make a killing, work harder to make a million And call it making a living But what about making a difference, what about breaking these ceilings What about pushing these limits, the struggle making me sick and the devil taking these victims all this making me live at the policy in the system the falsity of the prism so all of us gotta get it for sure i got five lifestyles you can pick one i got four lifetimes you can live one i got three green lights in my high beam sight i'm a ride only if you bring a kick drum yo i got two nights left in this town now there's only one crown left best bow down i got homies in the south and the west side yeah, let me find yeah. out Hey, y'all say what you wanna go and say But you know that the road, yeah, go both ways See the two sides and my dog's gon' ride I fear no death, but you know I'm too live This and that shit, extraterrestrial I've been 